I'm Ari Cohen, and this is Daf Shui, Weekly Daf. Give me 45 minutes or so, and I'll give you a Daf or so. Welcome. This week we're going to get into the weeds of more measuring and weighing and balancing, which brings up the question of what is in the balance. And it seems that we are in the balance. We are between Shabbat Betamuz and Tisha B'Av, two fast days. Tisha B'Av, a 25-hour fast day, which is balanced by Yom Kippur, another 25-hour fast day, which is on the other side of the spectrum. Yom Kippur is a joyous fast day, a day of forgiveness, a day of, of renewal, a day in which we are like the angels, which is why we don't eat. Well, one of the reasons. Uh, we also uh, remember our mortality and that we must do better, but also that we can do better on Tisha B'Av. We remember all the ways in which we can't quite get to a place that we have an ethical and just polity. All the ways in which we're just not making it work, in which we end up hating each other and wreaking violence upon each other and oppressing other people. Yeah, so we are in the dog days of summer. And the dog days of summer has this cloud upon us. Though, the rabbis tell us that on Tisha B'Av, the Messiah was born. Which I take to mean that in the depths of our distress, um, there is a glimmer of hope. There is a glimmer of hope. So, for example, uh, last week was the... A week and a half ago was the ninth anniversary of the creation of, of the founding of Black Lives Matter movement, founded because of the murder of Trayvon Martin out of the despair that nothing was going to happen to his killer. But after nine years, it's also a robust movement for black liberation, while at the same time marking the hundreds of young black men and women who have been killed since then. But it is this robust movement for liberation led by mainly black women. So out of the depths of despair, building can come. And let's hope that building will come. Let's hope that we turn this around. And by this, I mean everything. Racism, anti-blackness. We try to get our earth under control. I was talking to a friend this week. They, a lot of them all come from the same impulse. The uh, arrogance of people who think that they are in control of other people, of the planet, of the modes of production. And they think they have a right and an entitlement to be in control. Gun violence. Racism. Destruction of our planet. Perhaps out of the depths of despair, we will come together and organize and move forward. Let us pray that that happens. Let us organize. Organizing is prayer in the streets. It's the middle of the summer, and here we are in our comfy little Beit Midrash in the closet. Here at Daf Shui, we try to bring you the highest quality Daf Shui programming available on this site. We so appreciate your being here with us pulling up a chair to our imaginary table and joining in the centuries-old process of asking the question, 
What were the rabbis thinking? So, now we are asking for you, if you are able, to be partners in this venture by going to our Patreon page, which is linked on the podcast page, and becoming card-carrying members of the Beit Midrash, cards not included. Remember, we are not one of those corporate Dafyomi outfits. We're more of a rickety storefront shtibel Dafyomi. Thank you so much. Who's Daf? Our Daf! Who's Daf? Our Daf! Who's Daf? Our Daf! So we are starting on the bottom of, of 89A, uh, seven lines or so from the bottom in the page layout, first published by the widow and brothers Rome in Vilna, lo these 150 years ago or so. And here we go. We're in the middle of talking about measures and weights and how to make sure that those measures and weights are fair and just. And we'll be... That's where we're going today. Tznorabanan, a source that we're bringing. So this is, there's a series of Tznorabanans. Um, we're in the middle of this series. Altogether, there are, there are 13 of these sources brought in from elsewhere. Unclear, not all of them are actually elsewhere, but the, the Bavli has a series of these sources about weights and measures. Nefesh moznayim tluya ba'avir gimel tvachim v'gvoa min ha'aret shloshat tvachim. So the nefesh of the scale, we're talking about a hanging scale, a balanced scale. So those scales which have, you know, a, a, a dish on either side, which is connected by rope or chain to a central stick or plank or dowel or tube and in the middle of that tube, uh, there is a further connection to something that's holding it up, the roof, or sometimes you have an arm that's connected there. But here we're talking about connected up to the roof. And uh, unfortunately, you can't see me because it is a podcast, but I've been waving my arms around in very specific ways so that it makes it more um, understandable. But then again, you can't see that, which is unfortunate. So I am thinking really hard, and maybe you'll get the image. So the nefesh of the Mosnaim, the nefesh, literally the soul, but it's not the nefesh. The nefesh is the, the, the hollow space in the hanging, the hook or the, the, the rope that's hanging from the ceiling to hold the crossbeam. There's a hollow space in which the, um, the crossbeam goes. Right? So that nefesh, that space needs to be hung at least three tfachim, tefach is about six inches, from the ceiling. And the reason for that is so that the arms, the long arm, can go up and down enough and that therefore the weight won't get perverted, small p perverted, by the fact that it just hits the ceiling and then you don't know how much more, how much over or under the weight it is. So they figure that that 18 inches more or less is enough for it to give it play. And it has to be also three tfachim or 18 inches more or less from the ground for the same reason that it has, that it can have the sufficient amount of play. The kane umatsna shalash nemasar tfachim. And the kana, which is the that cross piece, and the matna, which are the, the things that are holding up the dishes in which the item to be weighed sits. So the matna could be made out of rope or chain. So those have to be 12 tvachim. Now, the thing about it is that if the longer the beam across the top, the longer the 
rod across the top, whatever it is that is across the top, the longer it is, so the more delicate it is, right? Because it's it can move smaller things. You can tell as it's moving smaller things, and that's why it has to be at least 12 inches so that you can actually see what's going on. It's a much more, it's a more delicate or a more precise instrument, the longer the rod in the middle is. Vishel Tzamarim, Vishel Zagagin, and the uh, balance scales of people who are selling wool or selling glass are are suspended from are suspended at least two tefachs less so 12 inches from the roof right are bavir they are in the you know they're so they're, they're just suspended at least two tefachim or, or 12 inches and they are higher off the ground by 12 inches and their crossbeam and the ropes that are holding the plates in which the 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 material is weighed are, are only have to be nine tefachim from the crossbeam. Bishelchen vani, because it's you need a little less apparently less movement. Bishelchen vani, bishel balabayit luyaba avir tefach guaman aretz tefach, and the the balance scales of a store owner, right, a retail salesman bishel balabayit and a a householder who who either a householder who sells or buys, um, is is held up, is suspended only a tefach, only six inches from the ceiling or from whatever it's held onto, and is about six inches from the ground. And its crossbeam and the ropes that, that hold the plates are six tefachim, so even less. Right? So it's so apparently the uh, the normal the baseline for having a balance scale is three tefachim from the from the from the ceiling and from the ground, eighteen inches, and twelve tefachim from the that crossbeam to the bottom, which is a pretty which is a pretty decent amount of space. That's like uh, seventy two inches, and so there you could put a lot of stuff. So the less room you have the less stuff you could put on the thing, and also it's it's uh, less delicate in its, instru- in, in its instrumentality. Okay, and then finally, So the, the uh, scale of a turtani, a turtani is a, somebody who works with precious metals. It's only three fingers from the, from the, from the ceiling, which is like half a tefak, so like three inches more or less, and the same thing, it has to be three inches off of the surface that it's on, so off of the ground. And it's crossbeam and the strings or chains that hold the plates, the weighing plates. The the sage that quotes this writer says, I don't know how much that has to be, how large it has to be. And because the Turtani is working with precious metals, so gold or silver or stuff like that, it's far less amount. So therefore, it could be a much smaller scale. So then the Gemara asks, So it lays out the baseline of what a balance scale has to be. And then it says, those who sell wool and those who sell glass. And then it says, a uh, store owner and a householder, and then the iron metals. But what about the, what? so it, it kind of lists what they're doing. Right and what they're selling, what they're weighing, and but so then the Gemara. But what the first one, it doesn't say what they're weighing. It just says this is what a balance scale looks like. So, what is that balance scale for? Amar of Papa digrumi or probably digrumani, um, which doesn't help that much because Saklov says that that the translation is uncertain. Though the Rajbam says that it's talking about brass and metal workers, and Rabbeinu Gershom says also like large chunks of 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 
of glass that is damaged. So notice they have they have to weigh large pieces of metal and or large pieces of glass, um, and that's why it has to be so large. So Ramani Bapatia says, just as these measurements are are forbidding, are the prohibitions that you're not allowed to weigh something which has less than this uh, than these measurements for the balance scale, so too that is the measurements that you need for something to be considered impure. My Kamashmalan, where is this? How do we know this? Tanina, because we said in a brighter chut moznayim shelchan vani v'shel balei batim tefach. Because we said the the in and this is from a mishnah that's in Masechet Kelim that deals with impure vessels. And there it says the the string chut moznayim, the string of the, what we called before the matzna, the string that holds the plates of the storeholder and of the householder is a tefa, needs to be a tefach. So why? Uh, so this needs to be said because it didn't say what the kane and the matna was of it in the last one, right? We said of the turtani, they didn't, they didn't denote what the measurement of the string were. It's Narabaran. So one is not allowed to make weights to weigh something, neither out of tin, nor out of lead, nor out of some other kind of metal alloy like tin, nor out of any other kind of metals. But one can make it out of stone and uh, glass. Remember, tsunma, we... We ran across Tsunma in the third parak when we were talking about things that you find when you're digging up your chatzer. So that's stone, right? You have to go back. So those things are needs things that are that are that are solid. So they are they are they weigh what they look like they weigh to some extent. It's not Rabbanan. One more. Enosin hamechak shaldlat kal. One does not make the uh, the scraper when you're cleaning off your measurements we talked about last time when you're cleaning off your measurements you need a mechak to clean uh, the dust or the grime off of of the measuring stones do you don't make it out of dlot which is like a pumpkin or a, some other kind of like vegetable like that uh, because it is because it is too light so therefore it won't actually scrape off the grime nor out of metal because it is too strong, so it'll scrape parts of the stone off. But rather, only out of uh, olive wood or walnut wood, walnut tree wood, or shikma, uh, which is a, a sycamore tree, um, or eshkara, which is a box tree or an ebony tree. So those are the right side. They won't scrape the stone, but they'll get rid of the the extra stuff that's on it, the grime, so therefore the stones will weigh too much and they won't weigh too little. If they weigh too much, then you're cheating the buyer because he'll get he'll get less stuff. If they um, scrape off part of the stone and then they weigh too little, you're cheating the seller. It's no Another source. Ain't osin etamechak you don't have a scraper that one side of it is thick and one side of it is thin. In other words, that if you look at it from the side, it looks like the letter V. You don't want one of those. Or you don't want one that... 
Right? The one is, is thick and one is thin. Lo yimchok bevat achat, and you shouldn't scrape in one scrape. Shamochek bevat achat, ralamochev yafelelokeach. Because if you scrape it one time, so it is bad for the uh, the seller and good for the buyer. Lo yimchok ma'at ma'at, shiralelokeach yafelelokeach. And not, and neither shall you do it slowly, slowly, because that's bad for the Lokea for the buyer and good for the seller because if you do it slowly and really diligently, you could scrape off some of the stone and then it becomes lighter. Al Kulanamar Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai, Aili im Omar, Aili im Lomar. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai looked at these instructions and said, Wow, this, I don't know if I should publicize this or not. It's bad if I say it, it's bad if I don't say it. Or literally, woe is to me if I say it, woe is to me if I don't say it. Im Omar, if I will say it, if I will publicize these or announce these directions, Shema Yilmidu Amar Ramain. So then, those people who want to be fraudsters, who want to defraud their customers, or the buyer will learn from it and they'll say, Oh, look, why don't you take one of these scrapers and use it because it's not going to get everything off and then I'll get more. But if I don't announce it, then those uh, fraudsters, those thieves, will think that sages are not uh, proficient in what they're doing, right? They don't know. We could fool them. Ibailu amra olo amra. So then the Gemara asks, of course, well, did he or did he not ultimately say it? What's the end of the story? Inquiring minds want to know. Amra Shmuel Bar said, Amra. He said it, he announced it. Umehai Kra Amra. And why did he say it? Because of this verse, Ki Sharim Darche Adunai, Vid Sadikim Yelchuba Ufoshim Yikashlubam. Because the ways of God are righteous, and the righteous ones will walk in those in that way, and the the evil ones will stumble on it. So he's so uh, apparently Rabbi Yochanan came down on the side of my job is to do justice and do good and announce what the regulations are. And then if people want to take that and then use that in, in an improper way, that's not on me. That's on them. So Ramana. So, this is an interesting verse from Vayik, from Leviticus 1935. You shall not do uh, iniquity in judgment. Now, bimida bimishkal bimsorah pshat is is they're not it's not it's not that straightforward. So, Robert Alter translates it whether in in measure, right? Bimida as one thing, in measure, whether in weight or liquid measure. So then bimishkal bimsura is then are subcategories of mida. The JPS translation has three things measure in measure, weight, or capacity. So those are basically three different things. And this is uh over the years, the commentaries in late antiquity and the Middle Ages also had also um, tried to had different understandings. So, for example, the uh, Aramaic Targum of Unculus, uh, Palestinian, third century, machilta, which basically measure, measure, and measure, right? So, mishchata is a measurement, matkala is mishkal, which also means measurement, machilta is, is also lechayel, to a, a type of measurement. So, Three different types of measurement doesn't enumerate more than that. The sifra, the uh, um, midrash, 
also Palestinian, um, for the 6th century, says, Bimida, zo mida ta'aretz, and we're going to, um, mida is referring to measuring land. Mishkal zu trotani. Mishkal is measuring, uh, kind of weight, uh, metals. Bimsura zo zir hagadol. And, uh, misura is measuring large items. And some people say it refers to, to other types of things that one measures. Um, Ibn Ezra says, uh, Right? So uh, that uh, Ibn Ezra says that, that why does it say mida before it says mishkala misura? So that you don't make fraud out of the out of the uh different type of of the uh amot right and then the septuagint which is the greek translation has in measures and in standard weights and in balances rashi says bimida bimidat karka misura midatalach rashi has mida being referring to the measurement of land and misura the liquid measure so it's not that so there even though there there are a number of different number of different ways they go on this. So back to the Gemara, though. Who doesn't care that much for the Pshat? Well, I don't know. Bimida zumididat karka. This we just saw in Rashi, which Rashi probably took it from here. Mida zumididat karka. The mida, this is the measurement of land. Shloim dod le'echad bimota chama le'echad bimota kshamim. That a person shouldn't measure for when, when selling land, shouldn't measure the land at one time during the summer months and the other time during the winter months because, uh, and then there's a little bit of a, little bit of a dispute here about what that means. Rashbam says it's about measuring ropes which contract in the summer and expand in the winter. So if you measure in the summer and your measuring ropes contract, so then you'll have more land because it seems like there's more land in the winter measuring ropes expand because of, imagine because of the, the wetness, the rain, rainy season, so then you'll have less land. Rabbeinu Hananel, who's earlier, who's 11th century Tunisian, quoted in the Rashbam, says that it's about the land itself, which contracts in the rainy season and expands in the summer. So therefore, you shouldn't measure, you shouldn't like either strategically measure at one time or another time, or for different people, measure it at different Times. Bimishkal. What does it mean? Bimishkal. Shalom yet min mishklotav bamelach. Right? So you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't keep your weights in salt um, because that apparently uh, will, will make them heavier. Bimsarash loyatiach. So you shouldn't boil the liquid that you're measuring. And then, according to the Rosh Bam, what you do, you take the liquid and then you pour it quickly into the vessel of the buyer, and then uh, because of all the steam that goes up, it looks like it's full when it's not actually full. And so it's a kavachomer that, because here with the, the, the Torah mentions misurah and the the uh, Gemara's understanding of is meaning a specific measurement of Misra, which we know from other places, also from here, is one thirty-sixth of a log. So the Kabbalah is just if a Misra, which is only one thirty-sixth of a log, 
Torah, the Torah was so, in other words, the, the law, the Torah, was so stringent about it that you shouldn't boil it, even though it's a seemingly a small amount. So all the more so, a hin and a half a hin and a third of a hin, a hin is 12 log, so it's much larger than a, a 136 of a log, right? It's many times larger. Um, and the, the third of a hin and the quarter of a hin and a log itself and a half a log and a quarter and half of a toman, which is an eighth of a kav, which is a half of a log, and an uchla, which is a twentieth of a kav. In other words, all these other measurements, of course, the Torah was going to be makpid. So here, this this comment is saying that the reason it says misurah is because it is a very small amount, and the Torah still said on the very small amount, you have to be really stringent in making sure that you don't um, you don't uh, fra- defraud your buyer. This week's podcast is brought to you by Choni the Circle Maker. Is your business in a rut? Are you looking for an angle? Want a way to pull in some extra bucks? Well, you've come to the right place. Choni is a real rainmaker. No, seriously, he'll make it rain like you've never seen. I'm talking raining buckets, big buckets, pouring, flooding. Come to Choni if you want to hire someone who's going to really make it rain. Choni at www.notametaphor.com. Really, not a metaphor. It is forbidden for a person to keep a a deficient weight or a weight that is larger than it should be in his house. And even if it's just being used as a as a vessel to, into which you urinate. In other words, the halacha is so intent. The rabbis were so intent on stopping the possibility that somebody would use a wrong weight and thereby defraud a buyer or a seller, that you're not even allowed to keep it in your house even if there's no intention of using it to weigh something. Rav Papa says, now that's only talking about a place where there is not a seal. In other words, where you don't have official seals of how much a weight is, but if you have official seals of how much a weight is, and that's, you know, seals that put people wandering around, the agoronomos who wander around, and they tell you this weight is this weight, that this log is actually a log. But in those places, um, then if a person goes in and, and you're weighing something out for them and they don't see that there's a seal on it, so they're not going to take it. They're not going to trust you. So therefore, we're not worried about having a miss, having a, the wrong you know, a, a, a weight which is deficient or broken or too much. And, and in a place where there is no seal, it's also not a problem. But we're talking about a place where there are no uh, monitors or patrolling. But if there are mahandasi, if there are these uh, uh, monitors who are walking by in and out, then we're not worried about it. Velohi. But no, that's not true. Because sometimes it comes up to the evening. It's either, some people understand this, it's Shabbat and everybody's rushing about. So therefore, um, people will make a mistake. Or just that it's getting, uh, it's starting to get dark and people can't see what's going on. And therefore, they'll take the wrong one and use it. And then uh, somebody will get defrauded, even if it's not totally on purpose. So therefore, you shouldn't even have these in your house. Tanya Hachi. This is also found 
In a Mishnah, Lo Yishe Adam Mida Chasera O Yitera Betoch Beitov Afil Hi Avit Shel Meiraglayim. One should not leave a uh, a deficient measure or a measure that's too large in their house, even if it is used only as a vessel for urinating. Aval osehu se'at tarka v'chati tarka v'kav v'chati k'avarova v'toman v'chati toman v'uchla. But he does make a uh, uh, all these other measurements. These are uh, dry measurements. It's a se'ah and a tarkav and all these different types of, of measurements, which are based on each other. Um, and then it asks, and then kamahi uchla achad mechamisha b'revia. So how much is an uchla? Um, it says it's one fifth of a revia. Revia actually itself is a, a a quarter. A quarter of what? A quarter of a log. So uh, it, there's a whole chain internally that builds up one on top of the other. And in dry measures, um, it's, he can make a hin, a half a hin, a third of a hin, and a quarter of a hin. And he can make a log, and a half a log, and a quarter of a log, and an eighth of a log, and one eighth of an eighth of a log, and that is what is called a kortov. Right, so the question is, uh, so not the question, but it's showing that you actually can make very small measurements. A person should make uh, very small measurements, uh, even though uh, he shouldn't have in his house anything that's too big or too small for something else, right? So in other words, there, but there's very little difference between, you know, you have a measurement of an eighth of a cup and a, and, and a sixteenth of a cup, so it's not that big a difference between the two. But you can't have those two, so how does that impact on our discussion of not having the wrong measurements? So the Gemara says, so why don't you have a measurement of two calves? Because that already would, one could mistake that for a tarkav. So a tarkav is 12 logs, and a kabayim is two calves, and a kav is... 10 logs, so it's a little bit more. There's not that much of a difference between the kabayim and the tarkav. Ama tawinshi klilta. So Mara says, no, so the people only make a mistake a third off. kav namila, you shouldn't also make a kav measurement because a kav is four logs. And you'll mix it up with half of a tarkav, which is six logs. So they're close together. Alma ela kabayim hainu tamadala avid. So, but that's why you so you shouldn't make a double kav measure because um, it is get mixed up with the half of a tarkav, with which is also six logs. Alma tawinchi riva. So you, it seems that the people will make a mistake on a quarter off, not on a third off. So if that's the case, then half of a tuman, which is six calves, which is, I'm sorry, half a tum, a tuman is, is an eighth of a calf, so half of a tuman is sixteenth of a calf, and an uchla, um, which is one twentieth of a calf, uh, should not be uh, put together, should not be made together. Amar of Papa, midot ketanot bekibu inchi. So you know what? Papa says, just chill. In the small measurements, people are proficient in the measurements, and therefore we don't have to Worry so much about them mistaking them because people know the difference between an eighth of a cup and a quarter of a cup, even though they don't know the difference between, you know, these larger, larger measurements.
שלישי תהין, רביעי תהין, לא ליעבד. So how about why don't they, um, they shouldn't make a, a third of a hin, which is 12 log, in other words, a large measure, and a quarter of a hin, because those are large measures. So the Gemara since they were in the temple, then there was no decree about them because you need them in order to do the work, the work in the temple. But Mikdash Nami Ligzar, so also in the temple, because you worried that the priests will mistake between the two. Kohanim's Rizin Hain. So no, because this, the, the priests are very, Srizin means um, quick, but it, it actually means diligent in their work and that they will, will uh, therefore not make a mistake because they'll be very diligent. So I want to make a few comments before we do the last few lines about weights and measures. And, and as we saw, this was like the, really the weeds. I mean, what was this about? So a few comments on these discussions on this larger sugya that started with the mission on 88a. Weights and measures are in a certain sense the hardcore of the materiality of justice. By this I mean that what the Gemara is dealing with here is the possibility of conducting trade between individuals, between a person and a store owner, between a store owner and a producer. Without agreed upon weights and measures, this all goes away. Weights and measures are a type of language, a language whose syntax is supposed to be fairness. The regime of weights and measures and measuring, that is, balanced scales, implies and assumes a certain objectivity or factness of those weights and measures, while at the same time admitting up front their subjectivity. The weights, for example, need to be scraped down because the dirt that accumulates upon them adds to their weight, thus defrauding the buyer. It should not be scraped down too often, as that would make the weight lighter and thus defrauding the seller. These two regulations assume that there is objective weight, which needs to be preserved. However, in the same discussion, it is asserted that they, probably the city, cannot add to the measures more than a sixth. That is, by fiat, the city could decide that a certain measure is actually a sixth larger or smaller. Also, the Mishnah and following it, the Gemara discusses the correct practice of adding on to the quantity of an item sold to make sure that the weight comes out to favor the buyer. The discussion leans away from balance, or in the language of the Mishnah, eye to eye, ayin bayin. There is no such exactitude, yet it is in the granularity, at times literally, of weighing, of making scales, that justice happens. Justice is exemplified by equitable weights and scales. Mishpat utstaka asu. Do justice and righteousness, says Ezekiel, in the name of God. And what exemplifies this demand in the next verse? The answer is equitable scales and weights. Not the scales of justice, but just scales. The ubiquitous symbol of justice, which is a blindfolded woman holding a sword and a scale, is almost the exact opposite of Ezekiel's demand in our sugya's understanding. What is being weighed in the balance scale? A balance scale weighs something against something else. Scholars think that the scales of justice symbol originated in the Egyptian Book of the Dead. After death, the person's soul is weighed against a feather. The righteous soul would weigh no more than a feather, while the evil soul has accumulated all manner of soil and taint, and would then weigh more than the feather, condemning the soul's owner to damnation. The parallel rabbinic symbol are the books that are open and in which all a person's deeds are inscribed. The weightless symbol of good is not present. The rabbis were interested in the very real weighing of goods so that commerce would be fair. For without that basic fairness, there would be no trust or ability to create community. So just scales rather than scales of justice. All right, last little piece. Amar Shmuel, ein mosifin al midot yoter mi shtut v'lo amat be'a yoter mi shtut v'amistaker al yistaker mi tel mi yoter mi shtut. So Shmuel says that 
the city's not allowed to, or the authorities are not allowed to add onto the weights more than a sixth, nor onto the coins more than a sixth of their value. In other words, they're not allowed to declare by fiat that they're now worth a sixth more. I mentioned this, I just mentioned that. And one who makes a profit should not make more than a sixth profit. Right? And this comes into and juxtaposes with the laws of ona'ah, of fraud. The one cannot, so now the Gemara is going to take apart Shmuel's statement, Stam. So one cannot, uh, we don't add on to the measures more than a six. My time, why? So if you're going to say, because if, because if you, you make the, the measurements, the weights, larger, people will come running and they will uh, buy here and not someplace else. Right? So, Afkuesh Tara, it will uproot the 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 Sharim, the measurements. Shtut Namilo. So, therefore, not only more than a six, but also a six. If some somebody says, somebody has like a clearance sale and everybody's going to come in no matter what it is, right? It doesn't have to be. So, why only a six? Elamishum Ona'ah. So rather, it's because of this is how the laws of Ona'a work, of fraud. That a sixth is the, and, and the Rishonim say that this is, this is a, a, an artificial statement, just based on the verse, right? That a sixth is the, the amount which becomes Ona'a, and once you have Ona'a or fraud, then the, the sale is undone. Is invalidated. So the the sages are worried that if you make if you raise the measurements more than a six, all these sales will be invalidated, and that will be terrible. So Rava said anything that has to do with measurements, with measures, right? Any any kind of fraud that has to do with measures, even if it's less than actual ona'a, less than a six, it also, the, the, the sale is reneged upon, the sale is invalidated. So rather, no, the, the thing is that you don't want to cause the seller to lose, especially the sellers that are going from, from city to city. Tagra is like a, a, a peddler who goes from town to town, so he goes from one town to another town, doesn't know what's going on. Right? And all of a sudden, the measurements are different. He doesn't know that. So the, the, the seller is going to lose. So, okay, fine. You were worried that he's not going to lose. But doesn't he also need to make a profit? So in other words, why are you, why are you clamping down the amount of profit he makes? Just if you, this is a kind of a folk saying, a snarky folk saying, they say, just selling and buying makes somebody a business person? In other words, if you're just giving back and forth without making a profit, does that make you a, a, a business person? No, you have to make a profit. So Shmuel is just basing himself on a verse, and there's no more, there's no deeper understanding of Ona'a than the verse itself. Okay, we're going to stop here, even though that's kind of in the middle of Shmuel's statement, but the rest of Shmuel's statement goes in a different direction. Thank you for coming out today. My name is Aryeh Cohen. You can follow me on at Irmiklat on Twitter, I-R-M-I-K-L-A-T. I want to, as always, thank my wonderful producer, Eli Unger-Sargon. Please check out his podcast, Four Cubits. My wonderful Chavruta, Charlotte von Robert, and the communications department here at Daf Shui, Shachar Cohen-Hodos. It's been a pleasure being with you today. 
If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, uh, you can always reach me at thewidowandbrothers at gmail.com. Every email is answered personally. You don't have one of them uh, automatic answering things. So hopefully I will hear from you. Be well, stay safe, and I'll see you next time here at Dafshui.